0: River Rock has been a leader of the cannabis community since 2009. What stood out to me mostly was definitely the quality of their product and the knowledge of their product. The way that they treat each individual person always with respect and they try to make sure that your needs are taken care of. That was Michelle. She's been a medical patient at River Rock for seven years now. Like she mentioned, the employees at River Rock always have their recreational and medical customers in mind, especially with pricing and two convenient locations both open until 10 p.m. River Rock's quality with their prices is pretty much unmatched. River Rock caters to their medical customers by providing exclusive benefits when they become a member, including $100 in-store credit, 25% off all full-priced items, and so much more. The sign-over benefits have been great for me personally, especially since I live on a limited budget. The sign-over benefits have helped me to get medication that I normally wouldn't be able to get otherwise. Find out more about the sign-over benefits and why people like Michelle have stayed with River Rock for this long at RiverRockColorado.com. Rock
1: Colorado.com
2: Sitting in the south stands, drinking the curse from Mile High, the best part of the weekend. Hugging a perfect stranger, as they become a friend.
1: to the BSN Broncos podcast presented by Elixinol, Colorado's premium CBD distributor. Hit up elixinol.com for all of your CBD needs. And Zach, today is a uh, special anniversary in Broncos country. It's been exactly three years since the Broncos won Super Bowl 50, and I have to say it
2: feels like 30. Yeah, you were one day ahead of this when we talked about it yesterday. It It honestly feels like a decade ago. And the good old days is what, it, is what it's remembered as, yet so many other teams look the exact same. The Broncos, unbelievably different.
1: They say that when you get older, the years start going faster. <laughs> I think I've got, like, some sort of Benjamin Button thing going on. because <laughs>
2: That's not a bad thing.
1: <laughs> because it feels like the years are going longer. Maybe, like, I would say, like, in a week, a week's time feels like it goes by really fast. But then when I look at, like... It's only been a year since we launched subscription.
2: That's wild. That feels
1: like it's been like five (laughs) years right there. So uh, since the Super Bowl has been an insane amount of time, but I tweeted this out, Zach. Four starting quarterbacks, four offensive coordinators, three defensive coordinators, and three head coaches in that three
2: calendar year period. What? I mean, you've got to be kidding me. You could never read that to me in any circumstance and come away thinking that you've had success. There's zero, zero chance that an organization can have success with that. I mean, you just give me one of those, you know, three offensive coordinators, three defensive coordinators, or four offensive coordinators, and you're probably either having a ton of success where there's just so much turnover because they're just being plucked, or it's absolute turmoil. You put two of those together, it's turmoil. You put all of those together, and you get a stretch of football that the Denver Broncos haven't seen for four decades. It'd be a fun uh,
1: article to do, maybe not fun, but an interesting <laughs> article to do to figure out what caused this and point to whose fault it is and why they're in this position. But <clears throat> I'll say this just off the top of my head without you know really looking too far into it. The problem was that they didn't have a post Peyton Manning plan. And the the weird thing is that you could point to... Brock Osweiler would say, oh, well, it was his fault because that was the plan. But we've since learned that that plan was going to be trash. So they would (laughs) probably be in a similar position even if the plan came to fruition. Uh, But also, if Brock Osweiler was the plan, why don't you sign him before the season? Yeah. You could have signed him before he played any meaningful football for a very small dollar amount. I mean, he ended up getting, what, 17 mil a year, which sounds like a bargain (laughs) right now. For a starting quarterback, that's crazy. It's doubled over the course of
2: three years. Yep, that's cr- it's wild. Because if you were to right, sign a doubled. starting
1: quarterback right now that was in high demand, you'd have to pay probably thirty-four million a year. Yep, that's absurd. <laughs> that back then that was considered an astronomical contract. He got seventeen million a year. I guarantee, if the if John Elway went to Brock Osweiler before the twenty fifteen season and said, "Hey." Uh we we'll, we'll, we want to sign you to a 4 year 40 million dollar deal.
2: Oh. In a heartbeat. Get 20 million guaranteed up front. Yeah, you're good. So even then it's not even
1: an excuse that Brock Osweiler left because they didn't they didn't ex- they didn't have the plan. Like maybe they thought Brock Osweiler was the plan after he had all those good games during the season or uh, passable games, but even then they didn't have a plan until they saw him playing and they said, "Oh, okay, well Maybe he is the future, and then it became the plan, but poorly executed plan all around, and it didn't come to fruition anyway. And here's
2: what really doesn't make sense, is it's not like Peyton Manning had three years left on his contract and the Broncos were counting on him to play those three years. No, the Broncos were the ones pushing him out the door. They uh, had him take a pay cut in 2015. He still had one year remaining. He could have played in 2016, according to his contract. And Peyton, yes, Peyton retired, But the Broncos, I'm pretty sure, made it very clear they did not want him back and they wanted him to retire. For Peyton, it worked out just fine. You know, get to go out on top, like we said, is is the best thing ever. But how silly does it look that the Broncos forced Peyton Manning out? And I know he wasn't playing well in 2015, but come on. They lost so much more than what was on the field. How silly does that look that he was being forced out?
1: Yeah, I don't know if anyone will ever know the real story of what those conversations looks like. Heck, maybe the Broncos even gave him a, an under-the-table payment because if you're him, wouldn't you say, no, I'm playing and I'm collecting my $20 million check. Yep. Um, so maybe there was you know, a $10 million <laughs> under-the-table check handed over that said, hey, you know what, we'll pay you half of it, just retire. Which, you're right, it sounds so silly. <laughs> the thing is, Peyton Manning had one good game that year. it was against the Packers, and everyone was like, oh, he's back. It's lit. And he was never good again after that. He wasn't even good in the Super Bowl or in any of the playoff games. He was just just good enough. Unfortunately, the Broncos haven't had even close to just good enough since then. So it does look silly. And that points to me to the other domino that fell that affects this, which is Gary Kubiak, (laughs) quote-unquote, retiring. And – That's the, that's, you know, you could point to that as the reason why there's been so much turnover, right? It's, okay, well, you know, uh, they wouldn't have had three coaches in three years and all this if Gary Kubiak would have been healthy and would have stayed. Now, I'm, I would never suggest that Gary Kubiak's health concerns weren't real, but I think there was a similar situation to what happened just this year with the Broncos. I think... Gary Kubiak might have been mulling retirement and and it was something in his mind. I heard that as 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 early as October of that season I started hearing yep. rumblings that he and that was before he had the health scare. Um I think he might have been mulling it, and then John Elway came to him on that fateful night in the hotel room in Kansas City, which has kind of become like uh, folklore in the in what I think is the wrong way. And I think he said, "Look, I'm going to need I'm going to need you to get rid of all these guys. I know that Dennison is your boy, and Periani is your boy, and uh, you know who, who's the offensive line coach at the time. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I know these are your guys. But this isn't working. And next year, we're going to need to revamp the offensive staff. What do you think about bringing Mike McCoy as the <laughs> offensive coordinator, you know? And uh, I think when that happened, Gary thought to himself, do I, is it that important for me to, to continue being a head coach that I want to do this? I'm already having these health issues. How is losing all of my buddies off the staff going to help me in, in my happiness and my quality of life? You know what? I'll just retire.
2: Yeah. And so is it is it Gary Kubiak forcing Peyton Manning out? No. Is it Joe Ellis telling Gary Kubiak that he needs all of these guys off of his staff? Sure isn't. Who is it? It's it's John. It's John and and to me John is the most confident guy you can come around, and I think that's a great thing for a quarterback. That's exactly what you need. John talked about it himself last year when looking for a new quarterback—just how you, you you can never waver in your confidence. That's a great thing for a GM as well, and it's it's it works for free agents. That style works. It got Peyton Manning here, got a keep Talib here, got DeMarcus Ware here, got T.J. Ward here—all Pro Bowl players, all all Pro players. It works in that respect, but. It's a little too confident because he said with, with Malik Jackson, he said, no, we can just find the next fifth round uh, Malik Jackson. We don't need to talk about a, a contract with him. Uh, we'll just let him walk. Derek Wolf, they were lucky that, that they signed him up so late into the season like they did. Peyton Manning, John just thought, yeah, I'm John Elway. I'm going to convince Brock Osweiler to take a sweet deal. And Brock said, no, he left. Gary Kubiak, John admitted that he just knew Vance Joseph was the guy going in, didn't really do his homework. He was confident that Vance was the guy. Well, that didn't work. So at times you love the confidence, but in other times the confidence has really the the, his confidence has stepped over plans and you need plans in the NFL.
1: Yeah, but isn't that John Elway always? Hasn't that always been John is you know, not having a plan until the, uh, you know, the fourth quarter with two minutes left and then yep. going crazy. Yeah. So, you know, let's not – for it's – John Elway's career as a GM is kind of following a similar path as uh, his career as a player. There was a lot of mistakes and in down years, and obviously it's it's very easy to just remember the two Super Bowls at the very end because he did something genius and he went out on top. <laughs> but – John Elway wasn't perfect as a player, and he's clearly not perfect as a GM. I feel like, um, and this isn't you know breaking news that fans are a little too reactionary, <laughs> but if you asked a fan after Super Bowl 50 what they thought of John Elway as a GM, they would say he's not only the greatest quarterback of all time, but the greatest GM of all time now, too. Yep. And we're just three years down the road now. He's made some bad decisions, and he would tell you that himself. He, he's messed some things up. Now, like, people have gone too far the other way. Now he's the worst GM of all time. He has no clue what he's doing. He can't draft. He can't do this. He can't do that. Uh, the free agents don't want to come anymore. Only great thing he ever did was get Peyton Manning. And it's like, there actually is a middle ground there. And if anyone should know it, it's that it's Broncos fans should know that John Elway, if, if you're going to, if anyone's going to figure out, it's probably going to be John Elway.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, it's, it's crazy. To call for John Elway right now to to call for his job, especially with the state that the Broncos are in. I mean, who who do you point to in this organization? With with New England, you can point to Brady, Belichick, and Kraft as stability. Uh, out in Pittsburgh, you can point to you, you can do the same thing: quarterback, head coach, owner. You can do that with the with the great organizations. And the Broncos historically are a great organization, but. Ryan, you're as 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 for looking at the Broncos. You're not pointing at Vic Fangio, saying you know he's the face of the Broncos. You're not pointing at Joe Ellis, saying he's the face of the Broncos. You're not pointing at Case Keenum doing that. They don't have the young quarterback that you can do that to. And the ownership situation clearly, you're not doing that to. There's one guy, and that's John Elway, and that's why he is certainly not going anywhere. He's too big to go anywhere, and. I still trust that John can get this figured out, but the biggest thing that he needs to do is have a plan because not having a plan has hurt him. And and, and I'm not completely down on his drafting abilities, and I don't think he's lost it in free agency, but if you approach a big-time free agent and you say, this is our plan, we'll be winning in two years because we're going to do this and that, and you're John Elway, that's a lot more convincing than just saying, no, we're going to win right now. And that free agent's going to say, "Well, didn't you tell that guy that last year, and the guy that the the, the year after that?" Who, uh, Menelik <laughs> Watson, <laughs> Donald Stevenson? <laughs> Let's hope they're not going after guys like that this year. That, that's for sure. But you you just need a plan, and that's a lot of people thought that Gary Kubiak was helping him get that plan, and now Gary's not here.
1: Yeah, I think the Gary Kubiak thing was also overplayed. Shocker again. Things Certainly. kinda get blown out of proportion. <laughs> um but I don't know. I think what's being I think the number one thing that's being blown out of proportion is John O.A. only really made one bad hire. Vance Joseph is the only bad hire he's made. Now it's not the only bad decision he's made and we just went over all of that. But despite all of this turnover, there was only one bad hire. The John Fox one could be debated just because you had Peyton Manning and you didn't win a Super Bowl, which to me kind of says you didn't have the best coach. But also, what were you to do? Because John Fox came in and turned the franchise around, right? And then Peyton Manning comes in. What are you going to do, fire John Fox before he even gets a chance with Peyton Manning?
2: No, and what he did with Tim Tebow, that was a great coaching job.
1: Yeah, so maybe they were a couple years too late on realizing that he wasn't the guy to pair with with Manning but it wasn't a bad hire when he made the hire at the time it was actually the perfect hire and probably the best hire for the Denver Broncos at that time so in the end John always made one bad hire you have to at least give him the benefit of the doubt in that sense you can't say he has no eye for coaching or whatever because he's gotten it right technically two out of the three times he he made a hire
2: and that's what John admits he says John Fox look we made some We we made a Super Bowl Gary Kubiak we won a Super Bowl, so that turned out right, in his words. And then he said, "And Vance, yeah, it, probably a mistake there." So exactly right. Now, if Vic Fangio is a good hire, if you hit on three out of four in, in your ten years, GM, pretty darn good, I'd say. If you miss, well, then not just you only hit on fifty percent, but then you are trending downward, and you probably don't get to make another hire. Okay,
1: so while we have the you know the Super Bowl and Super Bowl Fifty in mind. There's been a lot of talk about the Broncos' Super Bowl window, and John Owens himself says he doesn't believe in windows. <laughs> I think he believes the window's always open if you make the right moves in the offseason, which is he probably thought the window that he could throw into was always open as well when he was on the field. So the idea in this conversation about the Super Bowl window surrounds the fact that Von Miller is on the tail end of his prime. Chris Harris is probably moving out of his prime, and this defense, which is really built around those two guys, doesn't have forever to get this thing figured out. And I think that's correct. And I think it's a reason why John Elway has tried over and over again now to figure out the short-term fix, because he thinks we have a Super Bowl-caliber defense, or at least one that, under the right guidance, can be a Super Bowl-caliber defense, and we just can't afford to spend 2 years rebuilding when and really you know probably should have started directly after the super bowl when they started rebuilding but they they didn't do that so it really probably should have been a 3 year rebuild that started right then and there and then you'd be where we are right now with still time on the clocks for those guys but that wasn't the way he approached it and and In the moment, you can totally understand why he approached it the way he did, but now you've reached a point where the window is closing, in my opinion, for the defense, and meanwhile, it's not even close to opening for the
2: offense. And we're talking about Super Bowl, right? The Super Bowl window, because I believe the Broncos' playoff window, it's open right now. With that defense, like you said, so many guys still in their prime, even if it's just one or two years left, but Super Bowl window... Ryan, we talked about it yesterday. The Chiefs have the best odds to win the Super Bowl next year. They're in your division. You get to play them twice. You'll likely have to go through Arrowhead in the playoffs and Going through our head necessarily isn't the toughest thing, but that's how good the Chiefs are. The Patriots have the second-best odds to win the Super Bowl. They're in the AFC. You know that they're not likely going anywhere. Uh, And the Chargers, they have the third-best odds to win the Super Bowl this year. And if you believe Vegas and if you believe that the Patriots won the Super Bowl four days ago and that the Chiefs were in the AFC Championship two weeks ago with a young, talented team, you look and you say... How far away are the Broncos? What were the Broncos 60 to 1 odds yep. to win the Super Bowl and the Chiefs were 6 to 1, the Patriots were 8 to 1 and the Chargers were 14 to 1. So Vegas and the nation's telling you you are way far off and when I look, I can't disagree. So you look at when the Broncos window is to win Super Bowls. Patriots what? One or two year window, two two year window at the most for them winning Super Bowls.
1: That's what I want to say. <laughs> I don't know. But
2: at least one more year yes. uh, of them of them truly being a Super Bowl contender. And Chiefs, we put that window at two to three years?
1: Uh, honestly, in my opinion, the window is open as long as Patrick Mahomes is there.
2: Okay, but, but it, in, the, the super competitive window.
1: Well, the, the window for them is actually smaller um, than you would like. And we're going to have this conversation in a year from now that oh here's the here's the downside of resting a quarterback or teaching a quarterback for a whole year when he comes in right. because they lost a whole year of their window because they they had Patrick Mahomes on the bench for his first year he got paid for that year that counts towards his contract right and so now next year he's going into the third year of his contract and then the year after that they'll pick up the fifth year option yep but then they're going to have to pay him and that's really when the window gets gets messed up because look I mean the Seahawks are the perfect example they had a dominant defense they had Russell Wilson on a rookie contract they made it to the Super Bowl twice during yep. his rookie contract and as soon as they signed him for whatever you know probably 24 million a year or something along those lines uh,
2: they haven't got they haven't got close So we'll say what two year two- year window for the Chiefs with because I agree with you their window is the next 15 years because they have the quarterback just like the Patriots with Tom Brady. But they're really competitive, window before they lose all their guys because they have to pay Patrick Mahomes two more years. Yep. So we'll say the Patriots and the Chiefs have a two year window right now. The Broncos, they could squeeze in there, but they, they're not squeezing in this year. Ryan, they're just not. They're not squeezing in this year. And the only way I can see them squeezing in next year is if they get Drew Locke, Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray this year and that person plays this year, gets rookie mistakes off, and then takes off their second season. It's not the craziest thing we've seen happen. got to have Mahomes. Look at Patrick Mahomes. Right. Exactly. So it certainly can happen. But what they need to realize is that window is not this year. And so put a plan together. And if that plan revolves around a quarterback, then do whatever you need to do to go get that quarterback and develop him this year so that he's ready to go next year. If that involves getting a quarterback next year, and then you push that your window back one year, that's okay. It's not a wasted year. Then this year in the draft, uh, you go and help the rest of your team. I believe John Elway is not in the waiting business. He's not going to push that window one year back. But pretty much what this points to is don't go and try to get a Joe Flacco this year. Don't don't go get Nick Foles and trade a first round pick to get him, or trade a second round pick to get him, and then sign him to a five year, hundred and twenty five million dollar contract just to compete for this year. Don't do that. Don't don't mortgage your future. Just play for that window that starts next year. Here's the here's the uh,
1: the harsh truth, is that the Broncos, if John Elway. I'm not going to say was smart because John Elway is smart. Mm-hmm. But if you were being realistic, the every move the Broncos are making right now would be to win a Super Bowl three years from now. Right. But it's not. No. And, and it's not going to be because that's not the way John Elway thinks and operates. But that's the truth. And that, that truth involves trading people that you guys don't want to hear me say you should trade. And... Stocking up on draft picks and figuring out the quarterback situation and starting to develop guys so that three years from now you your Super Bowl window opens when the when the uh, Chiefs have to sign Patrick Mahomes to a you know fifty million dollar a year deal or something ridiculous <laughs> and they can't afford to put anyone around him. That's the truth. It's not going to happen. But that's the way it is. And you're right. The only way they get into that window as fast as possible is to draft a guy this year and have him hit. This is just a random thought that kind of goes along with it. But wouldn't you think that when the, when the Broncos drafted John Elway, the Chiefs would have been furiously drafting quarterbacks trying to figure out their John Elway? Certainly. The same way we're talking about the Broncos furiously drafting quarterbacks until... Yep. The Chiefs drafted a first-round quarterback in John Elway's class. It was Todd Blackledge. They didn't draft another quarterback in
2: the first round until Patrick Mahomes. Until Mahomes? Until Mahomes. Holy cow. Like, what were they doing? That's why they had, what, zero playoff wins in that time?
1: <laughs> like, I don't understand what they were, what was, what was going through their minds. They were, I guess they were trying the quick fix. Or they were just like, you know what? We're never going to win with L.A. here. Let's just take his back seat until uh, he finally retires. For the next
2: two decades, and then you know decades. What?
1: We don't want to mess with him as a GM either, so we'll wait until he starts falling off then until we start uh, drafting quarterbacks. But isn't that crazy?
2: That is, that is absolutely wild. But you're right. John's not going to do that. John's not going to trade players. But let's, let's say this offseason he traded Von Miller. How much could you get for Vaughn? Von?
1: The hard thing about this and, and it's what people don't won't believe is that Vaughn's contract is way too big, and so his trade value would be painfully low compared to the type of player he is and it's and it's the main reason for me above all that you don't trade von Miller is that at twenty million dollars a year, most teams can't really afford that, especially if they're paying their quarterback now, if you wanted to trade him to a team like the chiefs <laughs> or a team that has a rookie quarterback, you know, it's why Khalil Mack worked for the yep. Bears because they have Trubisky. So you have to find a team that has a rookie quarterback that they like and cap space in, in turn because of that. In the end, because of that cap number being so high and that contract is also backloaded now because of all the little cap tricks they've done with it, you're not going to get a lot. I mean, comparatively to who, to who you think Von Miller is, what did they get for Khalil Mack?
2: Two firsts and a second, right?
1: That, like, that would be a really good haul. Because yeah. remember, the Bears also got to choose the contract that they signed Khalil Mack to. Yep. This, you're getting the back end of a contract where everything gets worse. And it's not up to you. And, and again, you have to find the perfect partner just the way that the, that the Raiders did.
2: And Khalil Mack is two years younger. And that means two more years of prime von miller or prime clue Mack. von's gonna be 30 this year so what do we think in one first
1: i think if you could get two first round picks you would feel like that was a win
2: yeah certainly certainly if you can get two first round picks that that would be a win it's not happening like you said who who else could you trade and get great value for could you trade chris for a first round pick Maybe depends on the team. To the right team, I think you probably could probably a late first round pick.
1: Right, a team that believes they're a cornerback away from winning the Super Bowl,
2: and that's it. Because the Rams, exactly, because <laughs> you're not you're not trading Bradley Chubb. Let's just be honest, because he's in he's in your window of a five year window. Yep, he's included in that. No one else on this team could get you could get you much.
1: Yeah, I mean Emmanuel Sanders' expiring contract. Philip Lindsay, you could probably get a decent return for, but that's a running back. And as soon as you start gauging his value, all of those concerns that people talked about with him coming into the draft come into his trade value, right? Teams are saying, "Well, he's small, he's undersized, he got injured in his first year." You're not getting—I mean, you're not getting a first-round pick for Philip Lindsay, no. that's for sure. You might be able to get a second for a team that really thought he was the guy, but even then, he's—he is a. Undersized running back.
2: Yeah, I was thinking late second or third. Yeah,
1: probably a third round pick. So you're not and obviously you're not, you're doing, not doing it in the first place. Yeah. Um. So you're right. There's there's two guys that you could get big time trade value for. The Broncos aren't trading them because that's the whole reason why John Elway thinks they can continue the. You know this, the window that they're in,
2: and that's why you and I haven't really talked about oh trading Von Miller, trading Chris Harris Jr. Except for right now, and showing how much or how little they could get for these guys is because that's not John Elway's mo. And if another general manager came in here, that's maybe what you see happen because of just the state of the team right now. You could see that setting up to win in three years. It's not going to happen. What you hope happens. And I know this is tough for Broncos fans, but you've you've missed the playoffs, what, three straight years now? So do one more year in order to set yourself up for next year. Not put yourself in a hole the next four or five years.
1: I think you have to have that first year though where you start to bounce back. I don't think it's gonna be as quick. Like, look at the Eagles, right? They had the year with Carson Wentz as a rookie, and he won they won nine games, I think. And that set them up like they were like, okay, the, the, the wheel is turning. you know the culture is turning, uh, next year's the year. I, I think you need to have a, a transition year where you get it straight and you, and you feel like you're on the right track before you burst onto the scene. What you
2: need this year is you need optimism. and that can happen pretty much one, one way where there's eternal optimism and that's getting a young quarterback and having him play well. Remember Trevor Simeon's rookie year or first year that he played? What was it? 18 touchdowns, 12 picks? Yeah, something like that. If Drew Locke comes in here and does that, people are thrilled. Hey, and a 9-7 and seven record. And oh, yeah. competitive until the last few games of the season. If that happens, people are thrilled going into next year.
1: Yeah, that was my lead in a story about Trevor Simeon. I named off all of the rookie quarterbacks who he had better seasons than, And it, it included Carson Wentz. And it included Deshaun Watson. and uh, Or maybe it wasn't Deshaun Watson. But there was probably 10 to 12 names on there that Trevor Simeon had a better rookie or first season as a starter than. than. And my whole point was if he was a first-round quarterback, everyone would be ecstatic. Now, he wouldn't have been a first-round quarterback because he didn't have any of the talents that you need to be a first-round quarterback, which also goes into the excitement. You know, if Drew Locke comes in, throws 18 touchdowns to 12 interceptions, he's, you know, slinging sidearm crosses body – um passes to Emmanuel Sanders 15 yards down the field. Everyone's like this guy has it. Yep. But you do you got to have it this year and you have to have hope. I mean 8 and 8 would probably get you there. Yep. Even 7 and 9 eh depends. But if you had, you know, the quarterback playing well, yep. I feel like you probably wouldn't go 7-9 and nine if the quarterback was playing well enough for Let, you to have hope.
2: Let's say Case wins the job in training camp, and he starts the first six games of the season. The team goes 2-4, and four, and then Drew Locke comes on, and then that, that's how the team gets to 7-9. and nine. And then you're incredibly encouraged because, what, that would mean he went 5-6? and six? Yeah, then you're excited. The only way
1: I think Case Keenan would be the starter is if the rookie quarterback lost the job. I think they would come in as the odds-on favorite. And remember, the Broncos know that everything Case Keenum does in training camp is a fraud after last year. <laughs> so even if he has like the best training camp ever, you don't believe it. The only way you don't start the rookies is if the rookie has a bad training camp.
2: You don't buy the Alex Smith-Patrick Mahomes tandem that they had?
1: No, because Case Keenum isn't even in the same stratosphere as Alex Smith. I think Case Keenum is probably a tier three or four. And Alex Smith was probably a tier two when that was going on.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: So I guess not stratosphere was uh, an uh, exaggeratory term, but you get what I'm saying. Case Keenum isn't good, so why would you start him?
2: There'd be no reason. It's not exciting, brings nothing to the table.
1: The Chiefs, when they started um, Alex Smith that year, they thought they could win the Super Bowl with Alex Smith as their starter. Now, they realized that year that no matter how good he plays, you can't win the Super Bowl with him, and that's why they traded him to the Redskins and decided they were going to start the Patrick Mahomes year. The Broncos are pretty much in the position right now that the Chiefs were, after Alex Smith's great season, that they realized he wasn't the guy. The only problem is the Broncos don't have the guy in the fold, and they had a great opportunity to get that guy, but they don't have him. All right, Zach, before we move on, I got to tell the good folks and the good listeners about Strava Craft Coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is a game-changing CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. The CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's even helped decrease anxiety, whatever it is, you name it. CBD is an all-natural and non-psychoactive ingredient, and the coffee is rich and tasty. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2018 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Man, I was so excited to talk about that segment that we just had that I didn't even mention, the promo code sale, which I got to get to right now. We talked about it a bit yesterday. In case you missed it, we're having another promo code race. It's something that Zach and I take probably too much pride in, but we've never lost one of these promo code races. It's a race between us, the Nuggets, the Avs, and the Rockies. And those are the promo codes. It's promo code Broncos. That's how you subscribe and support us in this race. It's a competition against our uh, our peers and our coworkers, and we've never lost. So you get a $29.99 one-year subscription when you use the promo code Broncos. And once you guys win this for us, we're going to reward you with free shirts for everyone who signed up using that promo code. So... Make sure you get in on that because we will not lose. And I'll say this. We we did what we wanted to do last night. We got out to a lead. Now, I said we wanted a 25-sub uh, <laughs> lead. We didn't quite get there, which, you know, I, I always set my goals maybe a little higher than uh, than I should. But we did get a small lead. Now, that is not an indication to lay off the gas, as we know in sports. Small lead early does nothing for you. We got to get a big lead early a big lead in the middle and a big lead late so no one has a chance to
2: catch us. We need you guys to help us be better than Tom Brady. Tom Brady's been to a lot of Super Bowls. He's lost a lot. Ryan, you and I, undefeated. Let's stay that way.
1: Let, let's go for 3 and 0. We do not lose. We will not lose and I know you guys will not let us lose.
2: And so that's code BSN or it's code Broncos.
1: Just Broncos. Easy enough. Simple as that and I have to tell you um because our, our buddy Spacebar put the idea into my mind. Even if you already have a subscription, you can hook up one of your buddies so we can get this thing one. We just we need all hands on deck and we can't do it ourselves. We need your help.
2: And check out the new website.
1: Oh yeah, it is. We just we've just put some finishing touches on it. We're putting some, some work into the app now. It's a it's a transitional phase for BSN, but you should actually go just go look at the website.
2: Just for your own uh ocular enjoyment is that a word and it won't make you frustrated i can guarantee you that yeah
1: it's it's a beauty all right let's move on here zach to the question of the week which is presented by sports column and you put out the question can you remind oh here it is who's your favorite quarterback prospect it's pretty simple here but i think it's a polarizing question with a lot of different answers and i haven't looked at the answers yet but i assume we
2: got some different ones uh speaking of different ones first one coming in from nicholas guyer he says uncle rico all right well,
1: <laughs> if you like uncle rico you probably like drew lock
2: you <laughs> probably yep he can throw it pretty far <laughs> yeah you can definitely <laughs> throw it
1: over that mountain uh next one here comes in from Krussel. he says drew lock and drew lock is do you think Drew Locke is everyone's favorite quarterback or is starting to become people's favorite quarterback? Or do you think people are purposely falling in love with Drew Locke because they know he's going to be the Broncos quarterback?
2: Probably a little bit of both. <laughs> certainly a lot of the second one. Uh, and, and I think that people know that he's the Broncos guy. Now, whether or not he falls to him, whether or not the Broncos trade up to get him, it still remains to be seen. But I certainly think it's because the Broncos like him.
1: Everyone can talk themselves into any of these top three, really, because they're all extremely talented. uh, This is a little bit off topic, but I'll never forget driving from my house to the draft in 2016. I was listening to the radio and a radio host came on and said, I spoke to sources who said that Paxton Lynch is a mix of Johnny Manziel (laughs) and Ryan Mallett. It's a good combo. And I was like, wow, that is just about the worst combination of two players you could ever imagine. Like, unfocused and and not, and not dedicated, super tall, and terrible at quarterback. And the reason I bring that up is because as I was driving home from the draft, I heard that same person on the radio talking about what a great pick it was for the Broncos. So you can talk yourself into anything, but I think Drew Locke is an easy guy to talk yourself into. He's obviously... Uh, a favorite of the Broncos. And with all the buzz around his name, I think the fans are starting to do more research into him, watching the highlight tapes, and and figuring out that this guy could be the next franchise quarterback for the Broncos.
2: And the reason I say that Broncos fans are convincing themselves on him is because I haven't seen one mock draft or heard anything about the Giants picking Drew Locke if if all three quarterbacks are there. I haven't seen anything – that the Jaguars pick Drew Locke if all three quarterbacks are still there. I think it's really a John Elway loving Drew Locke that's convincing people to like him. And and that, that doesn't mean that Drew Locke has all these bad qualities, why teams don't want to draft him. He's just, he's not as known and not as much of a hot shot and a hot commodity as Dwayne Haskins and certainly not as Kyler Murray right now. He also didn't win as much.
1: Yep. And he obviously wasn't in the same situation at Ohio State or Oklahoma. He was in the SEC at Missouri, which is a pretty tough place to win and people at Missouri would tell you that he won uh, you know as much or maybe just a little less than people were expecting them to. You can't expect to what? What do you want him to win the SEC? You know, it's not going to happen. So
2: you know what all that reminds me of of playing in the SEC, not winning much, not being the biggest name. Jay Cutler, mm, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: that, that's never gonna end. Just never forget who started it. Um, I want to hear that source who talked about Paxton Lynch. I want to hear what he thinks about Drew Locke. because, with hindsight being twenty twenty, he kind of was hit it hit the nail on the head.
2: He was money, exactly right.
1: I don't think um, Paxton had the drug and alcohol problems, but he certainly had focus issues, like. From a quarterback standpoint, whether you're, you're focusing on partying or you're focusing on Fortnite, does it really
2: matter? <laughs> yep. If you're not focusing on film, it's a problem. There's only one thing that you're allowed to focus
1: on. All right, next one comes in from Tyler Kincaid. He has an interesting take here, and he says, I'm a firm believer that there is not a franchise quarterback in every class, and this is one of those years. But for argument's sake, I would say Locke this year and Fromm next year, who I think will be a very good quarterback for years to come. Who I'd love to see I uh, would love to see a trade at 10 to position ourselves to get from next year
2: and I'd be okay with that plan I'd be okay not necessarily for from but trading back into the 20s this year picking up uh, an additional first round pick and that way you can move up and go get whoever it is next year without mortgaging the future because then you'll have three first round picks from this year and next year in order to do that and I'm all for that Tyler but that's just I Don't see that happening. I don't see a scenario where John Elway does that. I know last year he said he was open to trading back if Bradley Chubb was taken by the Browns at four, but I don't think that was a plan to get a quarterback this year or to to stockpile picks in order to get a quarterback next year or even last year. That was a plan just to, instead of getting Bradley Chubb, it was a plan to get a cornerback and a defensive lineman last year.
1: Yeah, I'm starting to shy away from the 2020 class. Um, Mm.
2: Uh, Two M's on that from?
1: (laughs) I'm not in love with it. I thought I was for a little bit. Uh, I thought I was in love with Tua, and I've kind of backed off Tua a little bit. Fair. You know, what we talked about so much in Mobile was Easy Cheese. And clearly Patrick Mahomes has it, and... Deshaun Watson has it, and, you know, a lot of these young quarterbacks you're seeing have success have it. They they throw that ball, and it just looks like it is launching out of their hand. Now, Tua is a very different quarterback. He certainly is not a um, a power pitcher, you would say. You know, he's, he likes to paint the corners. And that can be very valuable in the NFL. Accuracy over everything, honestly. But the windows get so much tighter that it's, it's a little scary for a touch passer um, to feel confident that they're still going to be able to fit it into those windows as they get tighter. As you know, if you float one a little too much, then the safety has a little more time. They can get there and pick it off. So I'm not saying I'm out on Tua. I'm saying, I don't think the 2020 class is just as juicy as everyone thinks it is. I think, I think Fromm and Locke are pretty comparable and why would you wait an extra year to not guarantee yourself you're going to get one of those guys when you can start the process now?
2: Yeah, and I, I like Tua still as the number one overall pick next year, but I've never really been like so high on Jake Fromm. So as a class, I completely agree with you. And also if, if Tua maintains this and he has come down a little bit that that's for sure on every in everyone's mind but if he maintains that he's clearly the number one quarterback and, and, a, and a great quarterback prospect why would the number one team next year trade that pick away especially if, if you're not going to mortgage the future in four first round draft picks or something
1: yeah and I'm not going to blame Tua for faltering against the greatest defensive coordinator of all time and Mel Tucker in the SEC championship (laughs) game. But the game against Clemson, you, at least in my mind, I felt like I was watching an NFL quarterback and a much lesser future NFL quarterback. Like, watching him throw after watching Trevor Lawrence throw was kind of eye-opening. And and it was – it it made me think, wow – Trevor Lawrence, that is a surefire number one pick, a guy that you just can't miss on, the, and, the next Andrew Luck. Tua is not that. Now, again, I probably think he'll go number one because he's the best quarterback, and we're kind of coming into a cycle where whoever's going to be at picking at number one is probably going to need a quarterback. With that being said, I thought there was a large gap between Trevor Lawrence and Tua in that game.
2: We'll see, we'll see where it sits after uh, Tua beats Trevor in the national championship game next year.
1: I honestly can't even believe that Trevor. We've already had this conversation. I just can't believe that Trevor Lawrence has to go back to college. Yeah, it's for two more years. Two whole years. If I if I were him, I'm I might bail and go where? I don't know. <laughs> A vacation for the next 2 years? No, just just be like I'm training with X quarterback guru for the next 2 years. All it's with the very
2: XFL.
1: Yeah. No, you don't. I just if I'm him, I don't want to risk taking any hits. Sure. Although I'm sure if he's smart, he's going to take out a fat insurance policy. Oh. Probably it would probably be the biggest one ever if he got an insurance policy on his, you know, whatever his legs or his arm or whatever. Maybe I don't know how exactly. Can you do Clemson
2: that. buy that for him? No. That's a shame.
1: Yeah. But it's crazy to me that he like he should never have to play to it again, but he probably will.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he, he will. He will next year in the national championship for what? F- four straight years?
1: I think it would be three out of four. Three out of four. They they would play for four straight years, but last right, year exactly. it was in the semis. Yep,
2: yep. Okay. Uh, next one coming in from Jared Fry. He says Lock and Rippin. Don't know why I like Ripping so much, but I wouldn't mind him in round two. Okay, I thought we were going with like uh, a Kirk Cousins uh, RG3 approach, but you're you're not doing that rounds one and two. Right? Yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> I mean, hey, I wouldn't kill him for it.
1: No, I would say they're doing everything necessary to figure it out good for them.
2: Yep, you need to get a quarterback. And he was
1: ripping it at the <laughs> shrine game. So I gotta give him credit for that. But I I'm not in on like drafting quarterbacks outside of the first round. I'm actually not even in on drafting quarterbacks outside of the top ten. I'm not either. Even though I'm pretty sure you got Mahomes outside of the top ten and Deshaun Watson. So maybe right around there is where it's okay. But it's – there's a reason that these guys aren't first-round talents. And, yes, has there been, have there been guys who have um, succeeded from outside of there? Of course. But I just I – I want all of the boxes checked or at least as many possible boxes as I can check unless there is a guy like Russell Wilson where the only thing he's not checking off is height. I remember watching Russell Wilson that, that year at Wisconsin, and I was like, I love this guy. This guy is going to kill it in the NFL. It's the same thing I thought about Deshaun Watson, who, of course, you know, wasn't near, didn't fall nearly as far. And honestly, Dak Prescott, too, I watched him his senior year and said, the Broncos should draft this guy, and that was the same draft as Paxton Lynch. So... There, I don't think there are any guys like that in this year's draft where the only thing holding them back is size. And the person really is Kyler Murray, but because of those that have come before him, like Russell Wilson, like Baker Mayfield to an extent, of course, Drew Brees, people aren't letting that cause guys to fall out of the first round anymore.
2: It's just so much more of a gamble if you're not picking a guy in the top 10, or even really picking a guy in the top five, it, you're risking so much more, and you know who can risk that, especially taking a flyer on a third-round quarterback or a fourth-round quarterback. It's the teams that already have quarterbacks. It's, it's the New England Patriots. It's the Los Angeles Chargers. It's those teams where they may need a quarterback in one to four years. Might as well t- take a flyer on a guy every single year from rounds three to seven might as well if one of them pans out and then you can trade Jimmy G for I guess they got a second round pick still better than what they drafted him at and sometimes you could probably trade those guys for a first or two first or Tom Brady retires and then you have your next Tom Brady sitting there for you well that's that's amazing you know what the Broncos don't have they don't have the ability to gamble right now they need the guy And that's why, as we will continue to say, you do whatever you need to in order to get him. Now, Ryan, what do you think of drafting Drew Locke in the top 10 and then also a guy in the fourth round?
1: Yeah, count me in. Um, The problem is I just don't – who is that guy in the fourth round? Because I legitimately – I was just about to say I legitimately didn't like any of the other quarterbacks at the Senior Bowl. And then you said Minshew, and I was like, okay, I kind of liked him. That's about it. Right. But I didn't – I mean, I barely liked him. Right. I still felt like I was watching a college quarterback. Yeah. And so I don't like Finley. I definitely don't like Daniel Jones. Uh, I don't like Will Greer. Stidham and Minshew are two guys that I say, you know what, sure, go ahead. Take him in the fourth round. See if maybe, you know – you put them with, you know, an NFL quarterback's coach and you put them in an NFL strength and conditioning program and the arm strength picks up a little bit and they figure out the rest. That's fine, but the truth is is this quarterback class is is certainly not deep. A lot of people thought it was a bad quarterback class at the beginning of the year and really some people still feel that way. I think the top of the class is proving itself out to be pretty pretty respectable, but the the rest of this class is is mostly trash and I especially don't like Tyree Jackson who somehow garnered up some hype after the senior bowl
2: yeah and and David Freeze it's says it's not hard to love that arm on lock Haskins doesn't fall to 10 Murray could be the next Vic or the next Mr. Glass kind of similar to what we've said who's Mr. Glass I have no idea just (laughs) someone that is fragile as can be that Alabama players throw around
1: I was actually kind of hoping for like a legit bust comparison there is there a a a bust comparison for a guy who everyone who was extremely talented who everyone thought was too small
2: off the top of my head I can't think of one
1: maybe the trick to drafting quarterbacks is drafting short quarterbacks
2: (laughs) (laughs) no one's tried it so maybe
1: I mean even going back to Doug Flutie who I think to to this point is the shortest uh, starting quarterback of all time yep that's Doug Flutie yep so that's Russell Wilson's it. been good. That's the it's everyone's had it wrong for the for eternity. <laughs> all all short quarterbacks are great. That's my new theory.
2: Man, what if what if Kyler Murray uh, weighs in at less than five ten, and John Elway drafts him being like ten inches shorter than Paxton Lynch? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I can tell you with absolute certainty that Kyler Murray is worlds better than paxton lynch so i just maybe i just hope john elway maybe he like falls in love with the whole baseball thing
2: <laughs> sees similarities
1: right yeah that's that's what i'm hanging. the electricity that's what i'm hanging on i think i'll say it you know a million times between now in the draft i think kyler murray is the best the best quarterback in the draft and as i've just proven The
2: shorter, the better. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see if Elway agrees with you on that one. Coming in from Wyatt Potter Seymour, he says, with Mahomes in the division, I don't think the Broncos have any choice but to draft for highest ceiling. I think that's Kyler Murray.
1: Boom. Great decision. And did you see uh, the shirt he's wearing there in his his, uh, profile picture?
2: I see a little Phil hair coming out of it.
1: Yep, that guy is my guy. Um, From Caleb Nolan, he says, Haskins, from what I've seen, Accuracy is the key in the NFL, and, and Haskins can put the ball in the right place. He keeps his eyes downfield on every drop back, and with Skangarello working with Haskins, I believe he can succeed. One thing that slightly worries me about Haskins is Ryan Day is an absolute genius out there um, crafting that offense, and, and I don't mean in the sense of being um, so progressive or coming up with things that people don't do, but... He made things, the harder the defense got, the easier he made things on Dwayne Haskins. When they went up against Michigan, they pretty much ran the same play over and over and over and over and over, and, <laughs> and over again. It was Paris Campbell on a drag route, and Ryan Day figured out that the people that cover the middle of the field for Michigan are not nearly fast enough for this. If you go back and watch that game, they got like seven 30-yard gains on three-yard passes. It just kept, it was just drag route after drag route after drag route because the guys in the middle couldn't keep up. So I'm not saying it's a knock on Haskins. I'm just saying Ryan Day was so good at making things easy on him with his scheme and, and f- figuring out where the weakness was in the defense and exploiting it that I j- it's just not going to be that easy for him in the NFL. Again, I think I love him. He's my second favorite quarterback in the class. But that's my that's my big concern is how good Ryan Day was at just finding weaknesses in defense that, that don't exist in the NFL and helping Dwayne Haskins to exploit them.
2: So then I have to ask, didn't Lincoln Riley do the same thing for Kyler Murray and maybe even more so? Yes, but Kyler Murray brings a totally different dynamic that, that Dwayne
1: Haskins doesn't do. Remember, Dwayne Haskins is about Jared Goff level of escapability, which is not a lot. So there's a difference there, right? Because Dwayne Haskins is doing all of his work from the pocket. And when, when the, when the scheme is great, you can really win easily from the pocket. Kyler Murray is doing so many other things that really put a lot of different talents on display. I mean, the one that I keep going back to is that throw against Alabama where he scrambled around. He took off full speed and then saw his receiver getting open downfield, flick of the wrist, 50 yards down the field, right into the basket. Like, with all due respect to Dwayne Haskins, he made no throws like that.
2: Harry Urban chimes in on the Kyler Murray discussion and says, Kyler Murray scares me with his quasi-commitment to play football. If it's not the team he wants to play for, all quarterbacks have a risk element to them. Drew Locke, for me, has the highest attainable upside. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what is attainable upside? I have
2: no idea. <laughs> I guess maybe with Kyler Murray saying that he can't reach That upside because the NFL is too fast? But then that's not
1: upside anymore. I'm just, I'm (laughs) I'm spitballing here. Attainable upside. That's, to me, that just sounds like his ceiling is slightly lower, so it might be easier to get to it. (laughs) Oh, right.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I I guess that would kind of mean floor.
1: Higher. I don't know.
2: Who has the highest floor among these three? Haskins. And then Locke.
1: Yeah. Even though I don't believe in the floor for
2: Kyler Murray. (laughs) Uh, Is that all of them? Nope. Coming in from Christian Ashley. Also chiming in on Kyler Murray. Says, Kyler Murray, there is no guarantee with any quarterback. Quote, I would swing for the fences. Mm. Mm. I like that. Jared also comments on that and says, that's why he will be doing... Or that's what he will be doing when he takes baseball <laughs> over football. LOL.
1: <laughs> Something tells me he's not a power hitter. <laughs> no, but no. I got one.
2: I, I found another one here, and this one's from
1: Justin Jeffs. He says, Kyler Murray, if he loves football, have you seen people saying that his dad is the LeVar Ball of the NFL? I have. Here's what I'll tell you about that. I have seen zero quotes from his dad.
2: Mm, doing like, it in a different way. Have you seen his way. dad
1: making headlines anywhere? Right.
2: No, no. It's... uh. I think it's that Dan Patrick interview was so bad in so many ways.
1: It was painful. It was certainly painful. And I can see the, you know, helicopter parent or whatever it's called um, idea with him being his agent uh, That makes me highly uncomfortable. But his dad isn't out there saying like, my son will never play for the Arizona Cardinals in that trash franchise. Like, don't even consider drafting him.
2: As of yet, he hasn't said that. Maybe he will. And here's the thing. It's a concern if he does this for the next two months and his dad is telling him not to say anything and his dad is his agent the next two months. Then that's, then that's a concern. If he gets an agent before the combine, then it's okay. Next one coming in from Ryan Clayman. He says, Haskins and Locke, not sure if Murray is committed to football, might be in the MLB. A lot of people worried about his commitment, like actually worried. I think whatever one he chooses, he's going to be all in on. And I think the Broncos or any team that meets with him at the Combine will will understand if he's at the Combine.
1: No one will understand Kyler Murray more than John Elway.
2: <laughs> it's true. Except John wasn't uh, number how- seven overall pick.
1: No. But still, I'm sure that arm would have done just fine in, in baseball. I'm sure it would have. <laughs> it's, it's I just want them to have that conversation, right? Like... That should have been my follow up with John Elway when I asked him about Kyler Murray. Unfortunately, I was on such a time constraint that I didn't really get follow ups. But I want to know what he thinks uh, of Kyler Murray's decision and and you know mm-hmm. what the baseball football comparison is and why he chose football over baseball. If it was you know more complex than he was just much better at football. I don't know if that's what it came down to for him, but it's really really interesting, complex. I love it. It's made the NFL draft more exciting than, or more entertaining and intriguing than really any year I can remember. When could you remember the potential number one quarterback in the draft not being 100% in on football?
2: No, it's absolutely wild. You, you can't think of it. And last one here coming in from Timothy Pierce. He says, Kyler Murray, tears will be shed if we pass on him.
1: I'll, I'll be crying right along with
2: <laughs> I've seen a lot of mock drafts where he's going to the Dolphins at 13, the Redskins at fifteen, man. It'll be it, pe- people won't be crying if the Broncos get Drew Locke or Dwayne Haskins. The Broncos don't get a quarterback and Kyler Murray falls. Oh boy, especially because he's a quarterback who could who could light it up his rookie year.
1: Oh yeah. My uh, my dream scenario, this shouldn't be a dream scenario, <laughs> but is <laughs> Haskins goes at like five. Um. Then no quarterbacks get picked. The Broncos think they're going to get Locke. Then someone jumps over mm. them to nine, drafts
2: Locke, and they have no choice but to draft <laughs> Kyler Murray. And that may be the only way that Kyler Murray is on the Broncos. Oh, I don't – they need
1: They need to open their mind to Could Kyler you
2: Murray. see the Broncos taking Kyler Murray over Drew Locke or Dwayne Haskins? Nope. Okay. So if they trade up and have the, the number one quarterback available. I could see Haskins I- – I just don't get the feeling that they're in love with Haskins. But all quarterbacks are available, no matter where they are. Any chances, Kyler? No, no. I, don't I think agree. at
1: best he's number two on their board.
2: I and I think that's the way it is with twenty-nine football teams. I do think there's maybe two or three that have Haskins or, or that have Kyler Murray as their number one, and uh, I don't think it's the Broncos. Me either. All right, Zach.
1: We have to move on once again, but. Before we do, I want to tell you about Around. If you're ever in need of a car, truck, or vehicle for a few hours or a few days, Around is at your service. GetAround is a car sharing app. You can literally unlock cars near you just using their app. Better yet, if you have a car that's just sitting around, make some extra money for your next vacation. GetAround's insurance policy and 24-7 customer service has you covered. Go to git.co backslash nuggets and save $15 off your first rental or visit get.co backslash BSN to sign up for free to rent your car out and start making some money fast. All right, Zach third segment. Of course, we move on to the questions Uh, What do you have for me as the first one?
2: First one coming in from Mark Shippers. He says, not a direct Broncos question, but have you guys looked into AAF starting this weekend? They seem to have a better plan of action than other spring leagues have had in the past. It would be interesting if they were successful and merged with the NFL down the line and the NFL went back to five team divisions, possibly an 18-game schedule, etc., etc. My team I'm rooting for is the Memphis Express because of some of my work connections to the region of the Arkansas and Tennessee area. Keep up the great work, Mark in Kansas. And to be honest with you, Mark, I had, I had heard of the AAF. I had no idea it was starting this soon. I mean, it starts Saturday. That's
1: awesome, because I was just about to say, or I was about to tweet out that this is the first Sunday without football in God knows how long. Mm-hmm. And we've probably got God knows how many more Sundays until we get football back. So... Um, this, this will be cool. I'll certainly watch if, you know, if I don't have anything going on, um, I am rooting for the salt Lake team because I have a buddy on the team. So that's my squad.
2: Ryan, I saw a PFF did a fantasy rankings of the AAF and the number one rated receiver, Kenny Bell. Hey, <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Boulder native. Yeah, very cool. He was wearing a Broncos jersey in that uh, in the photo they had. There's also a San Diego team, I want to say. There is. And they have like
1: four or five buffs on the team. Mm. So uh, I am going to also cheer for them.
2: The Fleet. You're a fan of the San Diego Fleet. What's my Salt Lake squad? The Stallions.
1: Ooh, that's a better
2: name. And then there's also the San Antonio Commanders, the Orlando Apollos, the Atlanta Legends, the Birmingham Iron, Memphis Express, and Arizona Hotshots. Best one is for sure the Salt Lake Stallions. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good, and I believe they play on Saturdays. And it's a way bigger deal than I thought. They're going to be televised this week at least, and then one game throughout the rest of the season.
1: They've done a really great job. Uh, the fact that they have PFF talking about it. They, they had um, their PR people set out send out betting lines for the first week and, wow. um, like, favorites to win the championship. So they're taking it seriously. Um, and hopefully this turns out to be a great place where guys can can get a chance in the NFL, you know. If Kenny Bell goes out there and has a 1,000-yard receiving season and wins the championship or, what? you know, MVP of the championship game, who knows what can happen. Remember, Tommy Maddox, one-time Broncos drafted quarterback, won the MVP of the XFL in its first season, and then he went back to the NFL the year after that, played for the Steelers, won a decent amount of games, was actually the starter until he got injured, which paved the way for Ben Roethlisberger to come in and have that great season. But, uh, you know, these things can really open roads for people. Obviously, uh, Kurt Warner was an arena football quarterback, so... Uh, I love to see these things getting more publicity and and hopefully, you know, NFL scouts are at these games and and guys get a chance because of it.
2: I hope you're not doing anything Saturday, March 9th when your San Diego takes on your Salt Lake.
1: Well, you should know that that's a special day for me mm. because that's my birthday. <laughs> so There you go, Saturday night. <laughs> hook me up for my birthday. Give me a flight to go see that game. It is in Salt Lake. You like Salt Lake? We let's road trip. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> birthday plans figured out baby (laughs) uh next one here comes in from space bar he says i'm with ryan i did not like in n out when i tried it the first time i did not care for the sauce on the burger and the fries were weak give me five guys for a chain burger place or farmhouse burgers and independent burgers for burger joints my dad grew up in california and is still a huge fan of in n out he's stoked when it's coming to the springs hmm yeah in and out is trash five guys is amazing it's they're just not in the uh the same vein you know? right i you mean it's them. it's
2: fast casual and fast food different types of burgers now what do you do at five guys though there's just so many options
1: i put like everything on my burger
2: that's that's the approach i took it was good i, can't, I mean do you do all the sauces i yeah i can't
1: like hold back i'm like <laughs> oh and give me the the a1 and the hot sauce and the barbecue sauce and the jalapenos and the mushrooms and, <laughs> uh I've since dialed it back um I think I'd just go barbecue and hot sauce now,
2: okay. I haven't been in a while. barbecue and hot spicy, I like that i like, what do you do the peanuts when you walk in? Yeah, gotta do yep, throw them on the floor. They used to have Feels that at savage. a bar
1: in Boulder, but then there's too many peanut allergy issues mm, going on. yeah, it's fun, but it was great because you know you get drunk, you get the drunk munchies. Oh. And then you just eat like 400 peanuts.
2: It's perfect. They, they have one uh, up in your favorite city in Fort Collins. They have one of those bars. And we were up there a few months ago. And my girlfriend's allergic to peanuts. And those, those drunk munchies started coming. And I had to make the choice. Do I want to kiss my girlfriend or do I want to eat peanuts? I think I made the right choice. I, went, I, I, I held back from the peanuts. Wrong choice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How allergic is she?
2: I can't kiss her for a few hours. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what if she ate one, though?
2: That'd be bad. Like That'd be bad news. Yeah. Style? Yeah. Does she have an EpiPen? She does. Yep. Damn. I don't know how to use it.
1: One time, I don't know why, I looked up um, recreational use of EpiPens just mm. to see if anyone ever did that. <laughs> like, no, I wasn't planning on doing it. But I just wanted to see like if that's a thing that people do because yeah. it's, it's essentially a giant shot of adrenaline. Yeah. So I was like, "Is that something that people do?" Yeah. Looked it up. You should read it. The reviews on on uh, doing epipens for re- <laughs> for recreational use are the most savage thing I've ever seen. Like, it, they're like, "This was literally the worst experience of my entire life." I felt like my heart was gonna explode. <laughs> like, every there's like I read like a hundred different people who had done it, and they're like, "It's literally the worst thing, worst
2: decision I've ever made in my life." Because I've wondered that too. Because it is just tons of adrenaline. I've just never put it in the terms of like recreational use. That just well, sounds I was so thinking, funny. Like, what if
1: like, a football player just like, before the <laughs> right, game just right. shot themselves up? Right. With you, need,
2: you need one play at the end of a game? <laughs> right. <laughs> like one
1: pass rush from the interior. You just hit yourself with the EpiPen and go out there. But yeah. Uh, I was actually dying laughing reading these things. because pe- The people were just so dramatic about
2: how terrible it was. Oh my gosh. I'll have to read that. So...
1: That was a weird. How did we get there? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, never heard of Fort Collins. <laughs> Next one here is from Sausage Sangha Harry. He says, G'day, mates. Uh, you guys talk often about how offensive coaches adapt their schemes to a new quarterback's play style and strengths, and that's a massive indicator towards a team's success. How would Drew Locke's play style and strengths mesh with Skang's offensive philosophies? All signs point to the, that the Broncos hope to draft him. Let's hope Skang can adapt to whomever we draft and sign and drag the Broncos out of the QB doldrums. Cheers. I missed you guys. Harry.
2: We missed you too, Harry. And man, Drew Locke fits Skang's offensive philosophy so well. I think he's a guy that can adapt to playing under center. Uh, we saw him do it at the senior bowl. He looked just fine. Uh, and, and, and wants you to play under center and from shotgun. He said specifically under center, first and second down shotgun, third down. I believe Drew Locke can do that. And then also, Scangarello wants to throw the ball deep, and he has to have a guy that's going to throw the ball deep. And a lot of quarterbacks can do that, so it's not like this it's a very unique thing about him. But in Denver, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks that don't want to do that. And what happens? Drew Locke has that unquestionably.
1: What do you say? If you got the muscles, flex them. If you <laughs> yep. got the arm, throw it deep. Uh, yep. <laughs> that got me hyped. Yep. So, yeah, he does fit really well. Obviously, the under center thing will be a transition for him. I'll say, at the Senior Bowl, did not look like a weakness for him. Uh, He seems to have pretty good feet. Again, I don't want to force guys under center. And remember, Scangarello said when Jimmy G got there, he was so used to playing out of the shotgun that they pretty much ran out of the shotgun. What'd they do? They went undefeated. So, personally, I don't know why they ever would have then tried to say, okay, well, you have more time. Let's go out of the shotgun now. To me, I would have loved Rich Gangrello to say we knew he was good at at shotgun when he came in. We played him only in shotgun, and then we decided our offense is run out of the shotgun. Now, he didn't say that, but that's hard to come by. Uh, you know, a coach who just completely will abandon what they think works best. I'll say he. I think he uh, works really. He'll work really well in a Gangrello offense. I also think well, I have to say his name every time we talk about quarterbacks. <laughs> I think Kyler Murray would be really really intriguing in that offense too. I think Rich Gangarello would have to fall in love with Kyler Murray and, you know, be on his knees begging John Elway to to draft him before they would uh, consider it. But I think both of those guys fit really well.
2: John Elway, let's say John Elway loves Drew Locke. John Elway, lo- or Rich Gangarello loves Kyler Murray. Who's the Broncos quarterback? Obviously Drew Locke. Is that how it should be? Um...
1: Here's the thing that you have to keep in mind if you're John Elway. Even if Rich Gangarello says I love Kyler Murray, if Kyler Murray comes in and Rich Gangarello has a you know leads the Broncos to nine and seven, he's gonna be gone uh, yep. in a year or two. And so now you have to think to yourself: Is it more important to have that? And and, and let's just let's just be honest: If Kyler Murray does come in and he's good enough for Rich Gangarello to get t- p- plucked away and gets a head coaching job somewhere else. Doesn't that mean drafting Kyler Murray was a success, and now you just have to get another person from that tree who loves Kyler Murray to come in and coach him? That seems like a good situation for me. But John O.A. I just feel like, would take the approach of, hey, I'm going to be here for a long time. Everyone else here, except for Vic Fangio, I can't control really how long they're going to be here. I want to get the quarterback that I love. Probably the wrong approach, in my opinion. But I think both of them are going to agree on Drew Locke.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever uh, starts that, let's just say I think uh, Scangrella will fall in love with him. Doesn't,
1: yeah, he doesn't have a choice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and final one here coming in from uh, Car- uh, Carpaccio Chris. He says, Zach and Ryan, who are some free agents you would like to see the Broncos pursue? P.S. In and Out is superior to all other fast. Food, burger joints I completely agree with you chris maybe ryan just had a bad experience there is an in and out in chick-fil-a side by side near my home and when i'm feeling like a like a like a ba mofo i go down there and order a four by four with fries and a shake as well as two spicy chicken sandwiches hold up <laughs> how
1: <laughs> like i can eat i do not think i could eat a, a four stack burger Four patties and then two fries chicken patties and on shake. Top. Yeah. Wow. I just, if I'm really hungry, I'll just go two spicy chickens, but no fries, no shake, no and just straight up two spicy chickens.
2: I call that load groceries for the week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it would take Zach five days to eat all of
2: that. <laughs> sounds good, though. It sounds delicious.
1: What were we talking about that you said you save for later?
2: Uh, Chipotle, I can, I can turn to three meals. Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: That's like, you know, when you're in high school and people like make fun of the, the kid who's a lightweight for drinking. Yeah. When you go to like bars and you have to pay for all of your drinks, you wish you were a lightweight. You're exactly. Like, Man, I, wish, <laughs> I wish I could just have two drinks and be feeling good.
2: <laughs>
1: I got you over here. Well, I'm glad that you support Chick-fil-A. Uh, it's unfortunate that you think that In-N-Out is superior to all others, especially when you have had Chick-fil-A because he said, oh, he said burger joints. All right. All right. Okay. Although I was hanging out with some British guys uh, at the Super Bowl, and they call Chick fil A sandwiches chicken burgers.
2: Chicken burgers, okay, okay. Uh, uh, uh. Now, have you ever had a four by four or three by three or two by two? I didn't know you could even go more than the double double. Yeah, I didn't either. I maybe have had the double double. I don't know how you can eat four patties. <laughs> I just, even,
1: you know, in and outs weak little baby burgers. <laughs> I feel like four of them would be too big to fit your mouth around. Right.
2: With the buns?
1: Yeah, w- yeah, of course with That's the gotta
2: buns. be a lot of sauce. Maybe I, you need to try that. Maybe that is your way to min out.
1: I think I need to try without the animal style or just like no onions. Whatever they do with the onions is messing me up, maybe.
2: Man, that's where we that's where we're so different. Onions are my favorite.
1: <laughs> well, I think that wraps it up for us today on the BSN Broncos podcast, so. Thanks for tuning in. I'd like to see some more comments, just going to be honest. And definitely got to see more people coming in with that Broncos promo code. We not only want to win this. You know, we've been talking about winning this. I want to destroy Mm. the other teams. I want to take their will away.
2: Because last time, there were some teams happy that they were close. Let's not make that happen again.
1: I want the next time this comes up, the next time we do one of these, I want all of the other guys to be like, ah again and that Arzlene have to only... get mopped by the Broncos again. Yeah, I
2: want them saying two Broncos only counts as one. Oh, mm. like a little handicap. Yep. Exactly.
1: Oh, nice. I'm going to um, like passive aggressively fit that into the next email. <laughs> After we win this by like 100 I'm gonna be like, oh next time guys, don't worry, we're gonna do a little Broncos ones only count for half. It's okay, we'll make it a close competition.
2: So make sure you turn tune in to the draft pod tomorrow and then hit that subscription. Broncos is the promo code all weekend. Let's come in here Monday morning, Ryan, and let's just let's already be calling it off. Just like laughing on the sidelines, dancing in the yep. third quarter. Yep, yep. Some Steph Curry BS. Yes,
1: love <laughs> it. Alright guys, thanks for tuning in this week. Again, make sure you tune in to the Draft Podcast with Andre. Draft season is certainly heating up uh, and we will catch back up with you on Monday. It's getting me
0: down Waiting up for you Hey! Yeah.